We stack up evidence for who we believe we are by the things that we see ourselves do. So the more we see ourselves do something and we repeat it over and over again, so it becomes a habit, the more we come to believe that that thing or that trait is true about us. Welcome to the Coaching Your Family Relationships podcast, where we work on building a stronger you so that you can survive and thrive no matter what is happening in your family. I'm your host, Certified Family Relationship Coach, Tina Gosney. Let's get started. Have you got your free download yet? The one I'm offering this month, the step-by-step guide to setting relationship goals It goes right along with this four-part podcast series that I'm running in January. It's going to help you identify what you want to accomplish, really identify what's in your power, what's not in your power, um, help you see what might be getting in your way. It's really helpful to, you know, anticipate the roadblocks and obstacles that might pop up for us as we're trying to achieve something. And it's going to help you devise a strategy to overcome those roadblocks I also included a daily guide to help you stay on track and to be intentional so that you remember what you're working on each day. It's super easy for us to forget what we're working on. So there's a guide in there to help you be intentional about what you want to create. It's only available this month. So if you haven't picked it up yet, go to the show notes, go to the link and click on that and go pick that up because at the end of January, it will be gone. Also, I don't know if you know this or not, but I offer a strategy call to first-time clients. I've been offering these calls the last few years, and I've kept the price really low so that you can come and try out coaching with a super minimal investment. It's only been $25 up until this point, and I'll be raising those prices in April. This year is 2024, and if you're listening to this in when I'm uh, releasing it, you already know that it's 2024. But there are a lot of people that will come in and listen to old episodes. So if you're listening to this down the road, right now it's January of 2024. And in April of this year, that price will be going up. And in the meantime, for the first three months of this year, I'll be offering 24 of those calls still at the price of $25. So once those calls are spoken for, or once April 2024 comes, that price will be going up. So go schedule yours right now. There is no, absolutely no obligation to sign up for anything further past this call. And it's not a sales call. This is a strategy call. You bring something that you need help with and we work on it together for an hour or so. Sometimes those calls run over an hour. I, If I don't have anything scheduled right after it, I've been known to let those calls sometimes go for almost two hours if it's needed. But you're going to leave with a clear plan of how to move forward. You know, there have been so many people that I've done these calls with and they have gotten, I usually get an email back afterwards saying, oh, thank you so much. You were so helpful. And they tell me, sometimes even years later, they'll send me an email and say, I am still using those things that you taught me. And that strategy that we came up with, I'm still using that. It's been so helpful. So if this is something you want to try out, go to the link in the show notes. When those 24 calls are gone, that price will be going up. 
Now let's get into talking about relationship goals. This four-part series, this day is number two. This episode is number two in the series. Last week, I talked about having a healthy mindset about setting a relationship goal. You need to anticipate things get a little messier before they get cleaned up. That's just something to know that's useful so you don't think something's gone wrong. And I want you to avoid setting your sights on an outcome because you think it will make you more worthy and more worthy in your eyes, more worthy in somebody else's eyes. You know, I don't want you to set a goal that's coming from a place of lack in yourself. Don't set a goal like that because when you reach that goal, you have an idea that people will value and love you more or that you will maybe like and value yourself more. This is really a scarcity mindset. It does not help us make changes that we want to be seeing in the long term. And it feels terrible as we work towards them anyway. So let's get out of the scarcity mindset. And you go back and listen to the first the episode last week, the first one in the series, to help you more with that. But today I'm going to show you why working towards changing your identity is actually more worthwhile than just changing your behaviors. Next week we're going to going to get into the nitty-gritty of setting specific, attainable, and relevant goals. And week four, we're going to talk about how to measure your progress. How do you even know if anything is working and helping? That can be tricky when you don't have a clear-cut outcome to measure by. So let's talk about identity. I really love doing identity work with my clients because I think it's some of the most powerful work that you can do. In fact, sometimes I do this work with my clients without even telling them that we're working on identity work. This is the way we usually approach wanting to make changes in our lives. We want a certain outcome, and then we figure out what we need to do to get it. And sometimes this works really well. Let's just say I wanted a new car. So I figure out how much money I need to earn. I need to research what kind of car I want what will work in my life, what's going to be useful for me, what, what what will work, what won't work. I need to find the car. I need to test drive it to see if I really do like it, go through the sales process, and I could go on and on, right? So those are some of the steps that I would need to take to buy a new car. Let's just say I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, I think, okay, I need to eat less food. I need to change my diet. I need to exercise more. Maybe I need to drink more water. And then I repeat, repeat, repeat. So all of this is outcome and process driven. This is looking at what actions and behaviors I need to take to get what I want. And when we're working to improve a relationship, whether it's with ourselves or with someone else, if we just focus on what we need to do, the actions and behaviors that we need to change, we're really just focusing on behaviors and it's really easy to get into the vending machine mentality. So if I do this, I should get that, just like a vending machine. If I put in my dollar, I should get a Coke on the other side. And when we take that mentality, it's really easy to start even taking on an entitled position with other people. I'm your mother, you owe me respect. Or I was nice to you, you should be nice to me. Those are all vending machine mentalities. This is where we all start in relationships. And it's a natural progression to to be using that but it doesn't work long-term and it's not really effective when um, we want to improve a relationship and it doesn't feel good when someone is approaching you with that same mentality. It doesn't encourage connection and closer relationships. 
you know, we are super good at keeping people at a distance, not really letting them know the real us or letting ourselves really know them. To do otherwise would require us to be vulnerable. And we're not good at being vulnerable. It's very difficult to put ourselves in a vulnerable position and open ourselves up and to be sitting with someone as they're trying to open themselves up to us. It can be very uncomfortable. So a lack of vulnerability keeps us at arm's length with other people. And that includes our own family members. In the last episode of this podcast last week, I did just give you an example of how my husband and I have been working on our marriage. And I listed some of the things that we did. We read books, we took classes, we went to retreats, we did some coaching. And these are inputs that we put into our marriage. Those were actions that we took. None of those things in themselves were able to transform our marriage. They taught us a lot of things. They gave us a lot of information. They showed us what we needed to focus on. They gave us ideas of things that we could do. But what was really transformative for us was as we went through the process the last few years of doing those things, we became different people inside our own marriage. We opened ourselves up to vulnerability, increasingly difficult amounts of vulnerability, and we got to really know each other. And in the process of that, we really got to know a lot about ourselves as well. We took on new beliefs about ourselves and who we are. We took on new beliefs about each other. And as we put the things that we were learning into practice, we really saw that our relationship was different than we thought it was. Our relationship transformed into something that it wasn't before we went through this process. We are still and will always be working on our relationship, and we both still make lots of mistakes. We are very far from perfect, but we also know that our relationship is no longer transactional. It's relational because we and it took on a new belief and identities within that relationship. Let me give you a different example. Let's just say you believe that you're a compassionate, loving person. You really believe that to your core. If that is a belief about yourself, then you do compassionate and loving things. And the more you do those things, the more evidence you give your brain that that belief is true and that you see, yes, I am a compassionate and loving person. And you could probably list a whole slew of things that prove that belief to be true. If you believe you're a compassionate and loving person, you will do the things that a compassionate and loving person does. You won't have to think about it. It will just naturally be what you do. I want you to think about something that you already believe about yourself. What is one or two words that you use to describe yourself? Think about how you don't have to put a lot of effort into being that way because you already are that. If you're a healthy, if you believe you're a healthy person, you automatically will make healthy food choices, probably exercise, take care of your body. If you believe you're an artist, you create art, probably in many different ways. You probably look for ways to be creative all the time in your life. You enjoy and look forward to creating new things. 
If you're a fun person, you have fun. You naturally create it. Maybe you're the person that brings the fun to wherever you are. But here's the truth is that you weren't born a healthy person, an artist, or a fun person. You came to believe that was who you were by the things that you did and maybe by the things that people told you. But the more healthy habits you developed, the more evidence you gave yourself that you're a healthy person. And healthy choices are just something you don't have to think about anymore. The more art you created, the more creativity you leaned into, maybe the more compliments and admiration you received from others, the more you believed you were good at art, the more you created, and you gradually took on the identity of like, well, I'm an artist. I'm really an artist. You know, when people told you that you were fun, and you noticed that having fun was important to you, and that you had a talent for making even mundane tasks more enjoyable, the more you took on the identity of a fun person. We just stack up evidence for who we are by the things that we do. And that gets reinforced by the things that people say to us. Sometimes that can be challenged if someone doesn't believe that we are that. That can be a little identity challenging. But the more we repeat habits over and over again, the more that we believe something to be true. It would be very difficult to believe that you were a healthy person if you ate fast food every day and you didn't exercise. You could tell yourself that you were healthy, but there's not much evidence there to back it up. And when your brain doesn't have the evidence to support the identity, it really has a hard time sticking. So I want you to think about who you are in your relationships. I'm just going to list off a few things. Maybe some of these will resonate with you, but even if they do or don't, I want you to think of your own as well. A good listener, compassionate, reactive, explosive, defensive, loving, forgiving, willing to be wrong. Any of those resonate with you? Did any of those sound like you? Did they not sound like you? Come up with a couple on your own that I didn't even give you an example of. A handful or less will come to your mind. I want you to think about why are you these things? Were you born that way? No. It's something that you learned and repeated over and over again until your brain took all that evidence to mean that's just the truth. That's just the way that you are. And then you repeated something over and over again until it became ingrained in your brain. Then it was your truth. But you created that truth without even realizing that you were creating it. And here's another truth. Your identity and your traits are not set in stone. They can change over time. It takes intentional effort, consistent intentional effort over time. What about when we want to develop something and we know that it doesn't come naturally to us or we believe that that's the opposite of how we are? We start practicing that identity, like practicing for a role in a play. Have you ever seen the King's Speech with Colin Firth? It's the story of King George VI trying to conquer a stammer. Every time he had to give a speech, he would start to stammer. And Colin Firth needed to take on the identity. He was going to play the king in this movie, The King's Speech. He needed to take on the identity of a king who had to stammer. Here's some of the things that he did. He worked with a voice coach. He watched recordings of the king speaking so that he could emulate his speech patterns and his physical mannerisms and his nervous tics. He took on that identity of King George 
so that having a nervous stammer became a natural thing for him. And it became so natural that even months later, after he was done uh, filming this film, he would still stammer. Even though that wasn't who he was before he practiced for that role. He had that identity of a king who stammers so deeply into his brain that sometimes he was still playing it out months and months after the movie was over. This is what we want to do. Not that we want to practice stammering or being a king who stammers, but we want to practice for a role of the person that we want to be. So we start doing the things that a person who is the way that we want to be would do them. Just like we're practicing for a role in a play. Sometimes we have a really great role model in our life that we can pattern our new behaviors after. We can look to someone we really admire and we can begin to pattern ourselves after them. Sometimes we don't have that. And if we don't have that, we need to use a little bit more imagination in what we should be doing. But the main idea here is that we want to practice being the person that we want to be. And we don't have to practice this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We need to just set aside some time intentionally, though, to practice this. And when we practice who we want to be, we start giving our brain evidence, oh, that this is possibly the way that I am. And as that evidence builds up over time, our brain begins to be more accepting of possibly I could be that person. Maybe I am that person. And we do not have to be perfect at it. We just need to let the evidence build up over time to the point where it becomes believable. Have you ever read Atomic Habits by James Clear? It's one of my favorite books. In fact, it's a bestseller. It's been, I think it was on the bestseller list for several years now. He said, this is a quote from his book, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Isn't that interesting? It's a vote for the type of person You wish to become. He doesn't say for the person that you are. He said for the type of person you wish to become. Another thing is that he said, the good news is that in elections, it doesn't have to be unanimous for one side to win. It just needs to be a majority. So you do not have to be perfect at this. But your goal is to win the majority of the time. And that might not come at the beginning. We might practice this line upon line and build up as time goes along. Identity-based work is more difficult in the beginning. It really is. It can be a little disorienting to our brains. But in the long run, it actually makes achieving your goals easier because what you do naturally flows from who you are. It doesn't feel forced. But you have to be willing to put in that effort up front, and that is the more challenging part because our brains don't like to put in that effort. You'll be going against your habits, and your brain does not like doing that. Your brain likes to learn something once and then keep repeating that same thing forever, maybe for the rest of your life. And that includes if your way of being is painful. Your brain wants to keep repeating things, keep repeating the same patterns that it created a long time ago. And then it wants to put them on autopilot. And then it doesn't have to think about it anymore. Now it just seems like an unchangeable fact in your life. A few years ago, my husband called me one day, was pretty upset. And he was telling me that he had seen one of our kids driving. He was in the same parking lot as them. 
And one thing that he likes to do is when he sees one of us on the road, he'll call us and say, I just saw you. It's just kind of a funny little thing that he likes to do, his way of staying in connection with his family. But he called her and he was like, hey, I see you. She was kind of irritated. She was probably irritated about something else, but she was kind of irritated that her dad called her just to tell her that he had seen her. So she hung up on him and he was quite upset about that. Couldn't really blame him for being upset. But one thing that he said was, she won't let me be the kind of dad that I want to be. And I told him, I said, you can be the kind of dad you want to be no matter what she does or she doesn't do. It's not up to her. It's up to you. And he's taken that to heart. That was a few years ago. Now he is the father that he wants to be. He's not perfect for sure because none of us are. But he, And he's human. But he doesn't have to think about being a good dad because he's internalized who he wants to be in that role and how he wants to show up with his children. It comes very naturally to to him, no matter what he's getting back. He does not have a vending machine um, mentality and mindset around his relationship with me or with our children. This identity work can be super tricky. We need to be super patient with ourselves as well. So pick up the step-by-step guide to setting relationship goals. I'm going to walk you through all the steps that I'm outlining in this podcast series. You won't have to guess what to do because I've got it all there for you. And a reminder, it's only available this month while I'm running this series. So here are some reflection journaling questions that you can think about regarding what I've talked about today. You can ask yourself, who do I want to be? Is there someone I know that I can pattern myself after? How will I begin to take on this new identity? Journaling those questions and downloading this guide is a great place to start. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast and you want to take the next step, set up a strategy call with me. I offer a discounted coaching call for first-time clients. This is perfect for you if you're wanting to try out this coaching thing and find out what it's all about. Or if you're someone who has this one relationship issue where you feel stuck, you just need some help with it. The price for these calls will be going up in April of 2024. And for the first quarter of 2024, I'll be offering 24 of these calls at the current price of $25. These calls will go fast. And when I've done 24 of them, the price goes up. Schedule your call today before they're gone.